Welcome to the Energy Central Power Perspectives podcast, the show that brings leading minds from the energy industry to discuss the challenges and trends that are transforming and modernizing our energy system. And a quick thank you to West Monroe, our sponsor of today's show. Now, let's talk energy. I'm Jason Price, Energy Central podcast host and director with West Monroe, coming to you from New York City. And with me, as always, from Orlando, Florida, is Energy Central producer and community manager, Matt Chester. Matt, these days, it seems more important than ever for utilities to be working towards net zero goals. Investors, policymakers, customers, and boards of directors are calling for ambitious decarbonization targets. Can you give us a brief overview on the state of these goals across the U.S. utility sector? I'd love to, Jason. Uh, so as of today, 24 states across the U.S., as well as the District of Columbia, all have some sort of greenhouse gas reduction targets as a part of their official policy, whether that came by legislation or executive order in those states. Uh, and they also come via different terms. Some are 100% carbon-free electricity versus 100% renewable energy versus 100% clean energy versus net zero emissions versus even economy-wide carbon neutrality and, and even more. Uh, and then these targets are also varying based on their dates with some expected by the 2030s, such as DC's 100% renewable energy by 2032 or uh, New Jersey's 100% carbon-free electricity by 2035, while most of them are, end up looking at the 2045 or 2050 as the end goal. Uh, our guest today, though, is, is working in Illinois, where the current law in the books calls for 100% clean energy by 2050, with interim targets of 40% by 2030 and 50% by 2040. Great background, Matt. Thanks for sharing this. And of course, I ask because we're joined today by a representative from one, of, one such utility who's working to make a dent in net zero goals. And what makes this especially compelling is that she is from a natural gas utility, highlighting the role that non-electric utilities also have towards this clean energy future. Specifically, we're going to be joined today by Mina Byers, the Vice President of Business and Community Development at NICOR Gas. And Mina is looking to share some successes and insight that NICOR Gas has learned from a recent pilot project implemented known as the Smart Neighborhood Project. Let's waste no more time and bring her in so we can learn from their top lessons as well. Mina. Welcome to today's episode of the Energy Central Power Perspectives podcast. Hey, Jason and Matt. Thanks so much for having me. Mina, before we dig in to discussing the topic of decarbonization of a natural gas utility, what can you tell us about NICOR Gas and your role as Vice President of Business and Community Development? Sure. So as Matt mentioned, we're based here in Northern Illinois. NICOR Gas is the largest gas distribution company in Illinois in our parent companies, Southern Companies, family of companies. So at NICOR, we serve 2.3 million customers in more than 650 communities across the northern part of Illinois. And, you know, as you're aware, this is the Midwest. It gets cold here. So if you take customers' total gas and electric consumption in our service area, we deliver 75% of the energy that they use annually. So it's a pretty big load. In my role, I lead all things growth and community for the business, from community affairs and corporate philanthropy to customer solutions and energy efficiency. And I also get to lead a lot of our work in innovation, hydrogen exploration, emerging technologies, and our Smart Neighborhoods project that we're going to talk about today. 
Mina, you shared with us offline that you often have to educate people when it comes to decarbonization of a natural gas utility. So walk us through your approach and what are some lessons learned for our many gas utility executives who may be listening to the podcast today? Uh, that's right, Jason. I, for example, in Illinois, there's so many times when we have the resources and the expertise and solutions to really help move the needle and help meet those state goals. But we don't always have the opportunity to share our voice or be part of the conversation because it's assumed that natural gas solutions can't be or won't be a part of the clean energy future. At NICOR, we have 34,000 miles of pipe that deliver natural gas in our state. We know that's a critical part of our state's energy portfolio. And we know that our energy portfolio in Illinois is what makes us globally competitive, right? It's not just electric, but it's natural gas, electric, nuclear, solar, wind, uh, soon to be hydrogen, all working together. And we believe that these energy sources are actually better together. So our approach at NICOR Gas and at Southern Company is really to be solution oriented. We're doing the work to decarbonize across our value chain and work towards net zero. But we're also looking for opportunities to leverage this existing system that's serving customers and leverage our expertise and leverage our investments in technology to advance the state's clean energy goals, and in some cases, maybe even accelerate them. That sounds great. So share with us, how are you working towards debunking the incompatibility of achieving net zero as a natural gas utility? So I mentioned our parent company is Southern Company, and Southern Company is working towards net zero greenhouse gas emissions from enterprise-wide operations by 2050. And I think that's a, a target that, you know, there's, there's a number of utilities starting to step and work towards that target. And at NICOR, we've set a consistent goal in support of Southern Company's goal to reach net zero greenhouse gas emissions from our operations by 2050 as well. We're also working on opportunities even beyond that, um, beyond our own operations to support emissions reductions from our supply chain and to empower customer emissions reductions. We know that's you know, a big part of the discussion as well. And on the operations front, our infrastructure modernization has already helped us reduce our operational emissions by more than 50% since 2009. We're also doing some really exciting work in advanced leak detection technologies and using predictive analytics to prevent third-party accidents. So, you know, it's really on our operation strategy, it's all the tools in the toolkit that we're putting to work. We've got two renewable gas pilots that um, I think is pretty novel for a gas utility. One is an interconnection tariff. Another one is a carbon offset and RNG customer program. It's called Total Green, and that launches this spring. And additionally, on customers for end use, you know, everything starts with energy efficiency. We've got a really robust energy efficiency program here, um, but we're doing everything from advanced energy efficiency to, um, I mentioned hydrogen exploration. We are exploring how we can include hydrogen for industrial decarbonization. And we're not only looking at emissions reductions, but just how this natural gas system and how natural gas supports resilience and affordability during economy-wide decarbonization. We know that there's going to be a lot more stress on the grid, and there are ways that we can actually support the acceleration of decarbonization in different sectors by leveraging the system that we have. And there's a key case study on NICAR gas working towards net zero, and we already teased that out in the intro. Uh, this is called Smart Neighborhoods Program. Can you give us some context on what the program is generally and what types of projects have been previously implemented under that umbrella? 
Yes, I am so excited to talk to you about Smart Neighborhood. Smart Neighborhood is actually a Southern company initiative. It started with Alabama Power, who built a smart neighborhood that was a solar microgrid. And the next one was with Georgia Power that actually looked at battery storage as a resilience play. So the whole idea behind Smart Neighborhoods is that the utility will partner with a developer to really test out as a living lab some specific technologies and learnings. When we set out to develop the NICOR Gas Smart Neighborhood, we thought, what is it that we want to better understand as a natural gas utility, particularly in a cold climate region? And for us, that was, how do we support and accelerate net zero buildings that are resilient and affordable? Our smart neighborhood is in Aurora, Illinois. It's a suburb of Chicago here, and it's being developed in partnership with Habitat for Humanity. And it's a 17-unit affordable housing community, the first of its kind in Illinois. We actually worked with the National Renewable Energy Lab to simulate the neighborhood through a year of actual weather and usage. So we tested 20-plus technology combinations to see how the different technologies work together and what was optimal for this goal of affordability and resilient net zero. And what we found is that the most affordable and most resilient path to net zero in our region is a home that includes electric, natural gas usage, and renewables. We modeled it with natural gas generators too for added resilience, but in the community that we're actually gonna be building in Aurora with Habitat for Humanity, we're actually gonna include backup battery storage instead. And then we're integrating smart components like smart panels to make the integration of all those energy sources seamless and really easy for residents. And those residents will be selected by our local Habitat for Humanity chapter. We just really believe really strongly that energy efficient housing and net zero housing for that matter should be affordable for everyone, not just people who can pay a premium for premium products. So for this development, um, net zero energy and carbon neutral, we're basing that on the total energy of the home not just the natural gas. And we're looking at the whole home because that's how customers look at it. So in this case, we have rooftop solar and energy efficiency offsetting usage and emissions. So we're pretty excited as a part of the project, we'll have a demo home for several years that we can host tours and do trainings and you know really let members of the community come and touch and feel the equipment and learn about the technologies and how they work together. That sounds great. Be sure to post uh, the results on the Energy Central platform. I'm sure the community would love to see the results. Yeah, we would love love to do that. Yeah, so let's talk about further. So, I mean, how did you work with the regulators to have this approved since this was a pilot? I'm I'm assuming that there's, um, you know, cost, obviously, components to this. What was, was this included in the rate case? I mean, just talk us through that part of the approval process. Oh, yeah. Well, this project was um, really different for a natural gas utility to undertake. And we actually first started working on this project with the National Renewable Energy Lab in October of 2019. And our first options to fund it were to either apply for a Department of Energy Connected Communities grant and or to request recovery of some portion of it in a rate request as uh, research and development. And of course, over the next couple of years, Neither of those came through. Uh, The DOE only funded all electric projects in that round of the Connected Communities funding. And then we did not get the rate recovery of the project as R&D, although we were commended for the concept. So a lot of times when I'm talking about this project, especially internally in the utility, I talk about it being a test of energy resilience, not just the system and the components in the project, but like our own personal resilience to do something innovative. Because 
it took so much effort to make this project happen. But ultimately, we felt the business felt that this project was so important that it is shareholder funded. And it's our investment in demonstrating the importance of affordability, really focusing on limited income energy solutions and making sure that doesn't get lost in these efforts to accelerate the clean energy transition. Yeah, it's really interesting. And more, more importantly, it's interesting that Nycor Cass is leading this. You mentioned that your company worked with Habitat for Humanity and NREL for these ambitious goals. So how did those collaborations come about and what has the process looked like thus far? Yeah, so Nycor Gas is a longtime partner with Habitat for Humanity. In fact, they're among one of the top affordable housing developers in Illinois. So we do a lot of work with them. We actually started talking about this concept together when we first started talking to NREL about the connected communities concept. Habitat actually started those conversations with us and helped us shape what the project would look like. Listening to the community and really working together on what works and what doesn't, it's been such an important part of this process, especially when we're so focused on affordability. Habitat, you know, a great partner like Habitat has really helped us expand our understanding of, you know, what is truly affordable construction? How are different materials or equipment increasing or lowering the price, um, you know, the cost of constructing the home. We talk a lot about what this will be like for homeowners, not just the costs of operating and maintenance costs of the equipment, but even things like, you know, their comfort with sharing data with the utility. So all of those things are at the forefront of the discussion. So it's really been a wonderful collaboration, particularly with an organization like Habitat that does, you know, they really do put their homeowners first and the community first. So that's been really great. We're also working really closely with the city where the development is being built, or the city of Aurora. They've been incredibly supportive and a strong advocate from the project for the start. And they're really excited to be a part of this pilot project alongside NICOR because they are actually implementing their smart city initiative and a citywide fiber initiative. So it's all sort of working together um, really collaboratively. That's great to hear. So the smart neighborhood amounted to a pilot project, but on a large scale, right? So share with us, what are you hoping for some lessons learned and what have the results been like so so far? Yeah, I mean, we really, when we designed the learning objectives and even just the way that we modeled this project, we wanted to focus on scalability, not just for us to see how we could help support net zero buildings, you know, in our service area and across Southern Company, but also for you know, affordable housing for Habitat. They're building homes all over the country and they're exploring how can we lower the costs, but also make, you know, more sustainable homes. So scalability was a huge part of our considerations when we designed the project. And we're actually working with the second Habitat for Humanity community in our service area, which will bring us to 30 units total. And the idea is to really understand this model like you said, you know, share the learnings. We want to share the learnings to see how we can scale it and accelerate net zero buildings. But we're also going to, like I mentioned, you know, get usage data and really understand the integration of the energy sources and behavioral components, you know, really understand how does the homeowner's awareness of the energy systems and their usage, the way that they use the energy in the home, how does that influence their actions? We're even kicking around some far out ideas like, you know, could you conceivably like could this whole community serve as a dispatchable resource for grid services? Those are the kinds of things that, you know, we want to explore with Habitat, with the Homeowners Association. 
right? Like your very own VPP, right? So what are some next steps in this process? So share with us, uh, you know, are these technologies poised to be installed more widely across the NICOR gas service area? If anything you can elaborate on this would be great to hear. Yeah, yeah. So there's there's so much to learn in this process. I mean, we're going to get this first community and really understand the data and work with the homeowners. And, you know, this is pretty early on. Construction begins this summer. So we're hoping to have our first homes occupied as, you know, as soon as the first half of next year. And that's really when we'll be able to start working with the homeowners and uh, monitoring the data and the usage, but then also, you know, working with them on the educational and behavioral components. And most of the technologies, I mean, I think the really great thing about this model is that most of these technologies we're putting in are available today like the insulated concrete forms and heat recovery ventilation. That's all technology that's available today. And uh, we are testing some future phase technology in some different phases of the project, like hybrid heat pump solutions, where you know there's a ton of great data on that yet. So we're excited to be getting that. And also gas heat pumps, so like newer technology. But it, as far as next steps, obviously building the community and getting the homeowners in there first. But once we're able to do that, you know, collecting the data, learning from the people, not just from the data, but learning from the people and building on those learnings to really scale net zero homes and how we engage communities in that. And, you know, to do that, we're going to have to continue. We'll continue these innovative partnerships with partners like Habitat and the city of Aurora and NREL to test different technologies and really learn how we can continue to be a part of the solution. All right. Fantastic. And, and Mina, the next question I've, I've already shared with you ahead of time, because it's, this is really for all the gas utilities listening to this conversation. So here goes. Can you speak big picture to how the smart neighborhood implementation has fit into the puzzle of you showing how a gas company can, in fact, be part of a meeting ambitious clean energy and net zero targets? Yes. So, and I'm so glad that you asked this question because, you know, we, we talked about a few minutes ago across sectors, decarbonization is going to put incredible stress on the electric grid, um, particularly in places that are cold climate regions like us. And with this um, clean energy transition and the path to net zero, I think there are groups in the industry that have really made it all about emissions reductions at any cost. And what Smart Neighborhoods does is it refocuses the clean energy transition back onto customers, back onto people, and optimizing affordability and resilience with net zero, you know, we're showing that that is possible. And we've learned that natural gas with electric is the best path to that affordability and resiliency. So hopefully this project will help demonstrate how, again, particularly in cold climate regions, with significant heat load, how we can leverage existing, reliable, affordable natural gas infrastructure to support that clean energy transition. Fantastic. So Mina, you've already provided us some great insight into ways that net zero can be met and the exciting work to come. But before we let you go and wrap up the episode, and we will give you the last word, we first want to pivot to what we call the lightning round, which gives us an oh, opportunity <laughs> which gives us an opportunity to learn more about you versus you, the person, rather than the professional. So we ask uh, a set of five questions and we ask you to keep your response to one word or phrase. So are you ready? Yes, let's go. All right. So what book are you taking with you to a deserted island? The Wind in the Willows. For you, what's the most comforting of comfort foods? Um, Indian food. It's yellow doll and rice. 
What's the first major splurge you'd make if you won the lottery? I'd say ownership in a sports franchise, like a baseball team. What would be an alternative career path if you hadn't found yourself in the energy industry? Affordable housing policy. What are you most motivated by? Uh, creative problem solving. Nice job. Uh, by succeeding in our lightning round, that means we grant you the last word of today's episode. So for those listening to our conversation, especially for all your peers in the, in the gas utility space, what's the final and lasting message you hope they take away from this episode? Great. Well, Jason, I was at an event last week and there was a leader talking about courageous optimism. And I've been thinking a lot about that phrase. And I think that's where collectively we need to be in our industry and particularly among utilities today. Not winners and losers, not fear, but courageous optimism that by working together, we can tackle these very complex challenges while prioritizing people and their livelihoods. So I guess my lasting thought is natural gas utilities can be leveraged right now as a resource to help us meet these clean energy goals and achieve net zero. And our Smart Neighborhoods Project is just one way that we're showing the energy industry that we're ready and willing to be a part of that solution. Fantastic. I mean, taking such an abstract topic and making it real with the pilot that you're running, it just makes the conversation so fascinating. And I'm sure the energy essential community it's going to appreciate this and, and look for lots of questions and comments once this uh, podcast is posted on the site. And be sure to be aware of uh, questions coming in. Um, Mina, you might have an audience of people that are going to be curious to want to learn more. So thank Great. you for joining this podcast today. Thank you, Jason. Thanks so much for having me. And, you know, if uh, the listeners want to learn more about Smart Neighborhoods, we have a website with more information. It's ngsmartneighborhoods.com. Fantastic. And you can always reach Mina through the Energy Central platform where she welcomes your questions and comments. And we'll also give a shout out of thanks to the podcast sponsors that made today's episode possible. Thanks to West Monroe. West Monroe works with the nation's largest electric, gas, and water utilities in their telecommunication, grid modernization, and digital and workforce transformations. West Monroe brings a multidisciplinary team that blends utility, operations and technology expertise to address modernizing aging infrastructure, advisory on transportation electrification, ADMS deployments, data and analytics, and cybersecurity. And once again, I'm your host, Jason Price. Plug in and stay fully charged in the discussion by hopping into the community at energycentral.com. And we'll see you next time at the Energy Central Power Perspectives Podcast. 